Hello, and welcome to Living Her Legacy, a podcast to celebrate and serve mamas who are choosing to live their best life after starting their families. I am your host, Jill Sutton, and thank you for joining today. I want to just announce, of course, this is time sensitive, but there is a giveaway going on on our Instagram page, Living Her Legacy podcast. You can find the link in the show notes and as well as the description box, if you're watching this on YouTube, but Becky Tilly, the author that we had on last week, who is a mama with Kulin DeVries syndrome has um, offered up one of her books, a signed copy of her book. So all you have to do is head over to Instagram, follow us both um, like the post and you could be entered into the giveaway. So that giveaway will end Sunday night, July 23rd at midnight Eastern standard time. And we'll be announcing the winners Monday, July 24th in Instagram stories. So definitely stay tuned. This offer is also open worldwide today on the podcast. We have on a blonde. She is a Tantra life coach. When you hear the word Tantra, you think of lots of other things, but um, really taking time for yourself and caring for yourself and putting yourself first is a voice and mission of this podcast. And a lot of times that comes in different ways for many different people. And I want to be someone who can highlight all the different ways. If this is something that is uh, appealing to you, I would for sure get connected with her. Her link is in the show notes and in the description box. If you're watching this on YouTube where you can connect with her, she also has a podcast of her own, which is chock full of more information, more in-depth information. And of course she has a one-on-one coaching. So on to the show. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Anne. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so thrilled to be here. I'm really excited too. I would love it if you would introduce yourself and just tell maybe a little bit about yourself and what you do now. And then maybe we'll get into a backstory too later about how you got there. Okay. So my name is Anne Bland and Bland, but uh, Bland only by na- a name, not by nature. And that's why I went back to my Finnish pronunciation, Anne Bland, because it doesn't have that kind of connotation. I don't want to be boring. That's for sure. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so I'm I'm now actually traveling the world as a digital nomad and my business is coaching and I coach Tantra and relationships. So it's very much about how you can become more of yourself, not less of yourself. So it's uh, my brand is called Selfishly Happy. So it means very much about being more of yourself rather than selfless. And that's a kind of a play of words, if you like, because I don't believe that we should be less of ourselves. And especially as women, we often are told that, oh, she's too much or she's too little, you know, she's nothing or whatever. So there is a lot of pressure outside that I think we need to really start reclaiming who we truly are. And that's why I'm really uh, championing, if you like, the selfishly happy so it's it's important with those two words because if we don't put that oxygen mask on ourselves first like they say on airplanes we can't help others so if we burn out like I did and uh if we if we don't have the self-love how can we have anything no energy no love to give others so that's why and you know I'm I'm very passionate about this and for me the oxygen mask has been pleasure 
So I really reclaimed my own pleasure. I think that's something that's hard, especially as moms, because we start doing everything for everyone else and we take the back seat and we really do in, in all areas of our lives. And I think that's one of the things about this podcast that I really wanted to get out there is the feeling, just like you said, um, we are told in a message that we're too much, you know, and so we start to try to act small. We try to like, like shrink ourselves down to where we're not taking up any space. And that's something that like, I really feel like with this podcast, I want, like, I want women and moms, especially to like, take up their space, like take ownership of like themselves and really take care of themselves. So I love that you've had that transformation and you're now sharing that with others. I want to celebrate you because your message is actually so heartfelt and it's so important. I I've, I've been there as a mom, I've got three kids and last year they all became adults so I thought this is my time to go traveling and obviously after COVID lockdowns uh, in the UK it was just really draconian and and I thought this is my window of opportunity before the next generation of little ones come (laughs) and uh, (laughs) but I must say I, I suppose I when when I had my children I I kind of had that attitude that this is my time to really spend with them and mm-hmm. put myself consciously at the back seat. And mm-hmm. my ex-husband was very absent dad and uh, he had long hours and da da and So I kind of, you know, had my own time. And I decided that when they're small, I really am going to enjoy them. And I'm the one who's going to raise them up. You know, I mm-hmm. take responsibility for that. And, but in the end, it, it kind of started getting, uh, to me that I wasn't getting anything kind of from my husband in terms of energy, in terms of health, so on. So it was it was quite tricky time. And I, I did got ill with thyroid problems and mm. finally now it's all, all okay. But there there was a kind of a point when I thought, hang on a minute, this is just absolutely mad. I, I am a woman with a brain you know, I've, I'm destined to do great things. You didn't know what that was. <laughs> and it wasn't kind of, you know, a particular thing I need to become, you know, a multimillionaire or I need to become a CEO or whatever. I mean, it, it wasn't like that. I come from Finland, which is very kind of progressive, liberal Nordic country. And, uh, and I wanted to go back to Finland. So I took my family back to Finland when the, the kids became at school age, because the schools are free and, you know, it's a really excellent education um, based on OECD's uh, uh, tests. So basically, I I then found politics. I realized that I, I am actually good at talking to people. I'm good at campaigning. I'm good at uh, inspiring people. I'm good at uh, pulling people together who are kind of on the surface at the opposite sides by just using my social skills, by deep listening, by, you know, the things that you do as a mother. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, so it was mm-hmm. kind of that, you know, you're, you're fighting again. Okay, let's sit down and just kind of start, you know, breathing here. Let's just take a deep breath and, you know, just listen to each other and and learn to take responsibility for your own actions and and use non-aggressive communication skills and and just see the other person's point of view. And, and I thought, wow, this is, this is quite interesting. So I went for that. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I do things with no kind of, um, 
how do you say, you know, there is this children's story, hare and the tortoise. And I've always been the hare who kind of goes fast and then gets exhausted <laughs> and never gets there in the end. <laughs> so, so I did burn out in the end and had mm-hmm. to resign. And that's why I'm on this path now where, where, where I'm really looking after myself first. And my kids are quite supportive of that because they know that when I'm in good form, there's so mm-hmm. much fun to be had and we can, mm-hmm. we can really be present for each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that really is the message is you're not putting yourself first to be like neglecting anything else. It is oh, exactly no. the opposite. It is exactly. putting yourself first in order to be better for the people that you serve really in, in, yeah. in a lot of the people that listen to this podcast, it's their kids, you know, their mamas and it's their kids are those that they're bringing up and, and like you said, spending time with and trying to enjoy those childhood years while we have them. Yeah, it goes so fast. I mean, my youngest is now going to be 20 this year. And it's just, I mean, she's going to uni, uh, having had a gap year. And, and it's kind of, wow, it's, uh, it, it went really, really fast. And uh, I'm not going to wallow on that. I'm going to celebrate mm-hmm. the beautiful people they've become. And also mm-hmm. that I had that opportunity to spend so much time with them, even though they don't remember it. They say, mom, why are you never, you know, you never did anything with us when we were small. I said, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you're never in any pictures. It's just dad and us or us alone. And I said, for goodness sake, I was behind the camera. <laughs> but it's that kind of how invisible mm-hmm. can I become? And I thought, gosh, that's really scary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really making the effort of also, um taking your own self-worth put yourself in those pictures you know be there with them and just have that kind of evidence that we've had fun we've had hard time but we've always you know stuck together Mm. and I think that's really a big learning curve for me when I kind of felt at one point that I was the martyr I gave everything and I sacrificed everything that I had Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for them and then I thought that's not that's not happy that's not Mm -hmm. what I want to be I don't want to have that kind of energy Mm -hmm. in me and that's why I went the tantric uh, way where I really believe that if I change myself Mm -hmm. people around me will change I can't change other people but I can change the way kind of what energy do I bring to any situation what kind of emotion and feeling do I have uh, in any situation or any person so how do I react it's my choice. It's my choice to uh, to choose whether I'm going to be angry or sad or or happy or or constructive or or compassionate or loving, and that's all I can do. So I'm taking 100% radical responsibility of my actions, my reactions, mm-hmm. my emotions, my feelings, and I think that makes me so happy because I don't have to be a victim. I don't have to be a martyr. I don't have to do any of that. And if I at some point feel like hmm actually I don't want to do that I can say look I'd love to help but not now let me come back to you in five minutes or next week or whatever it is and let's discuss this again so it's it's been really hard to actually learn to say no in a Mm. in a loving way and that love needs to start from me Mm mm-hmm I also think that's a commonality with women in general, because we want to please other people. And so in order to say no, because you're protecting yourself, it's hard. It's a hard thing to learn. And I think, I don't know if it gets easier. I feel like it's hard every time. 
but hopefully it does with practice, just learning that you're prioritizing yourself. But I, I want to I want to validate that, actually, because historically it's been uh, dangerous for women to put themselves first because we are the kind of in hunter gathering society. Um, men had very linear tasks. They had to go and hunt that mammoth to, to bring food. And women gathered together and just went and found foraged for food to mm -hmm. go with the meat and looked after community com as a community, their children and the fire and so on. And if you became too individualistic, you know, and just thinking about yourself, you would have been excluded. And if you mm -hmm. were excluded from a tribe, you would die because you couldn't hunt and gather on your own. You wouldn't be able to look after that fire on your own. So you needed others. And I think that was the, one of the biggest learning curves for me was to realize that, yes, I've been raised as a empowered and emancipated woman in Finland, which is one of the most equal and, you know, gender equity is, is, is high and it's important for us. Um, and I, all of us didn't realize that, yeah, I can be very much, you know, navel gazing and looking after myself, but am I truly happy? Yeah, I can survive, but I don't thrive. Mm. I don't thrive without other people. And that's why we need to have like-minded people, you know, to get inspiration from podcasts like, like, like such as yours and, you know, to, to really be mindful about it, be aware that, yes, who's my, where's my tribe now? Who am I going mm. to have fun? Who am I going to do this task of raising up my kids? You know, where is the village to raise the kid up? You know, where do I find these people who are like-minded and I can, I can have fun by doing, you know, whilst I'm doing this really important caring task of raising a new generation. It's important. Yeah. It's interesting that we still use the word tribe, like who's your tribe. It's kind of like yeah. a slang term, but it really, I mean, it goes back to that's, yeah. that's what you had. That was your family. That was your friends. That was your community. Yeah. And, and, and I suppose now that after industrialization, we've kind of gone and lived in small, especially in Europe, in small flats and, and so on in cities and that's how you live and and the village has disappeared there isn't mm -hmm. any more anyone else who's going to take responsibility for raising your kids up and having a similar sort of value base and saying actually no you can't do that and this is you know let me show how we do this and blah 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 so it's it's that kind of um communal action that i missed and mm -hmm. i when i when i lived in england it was very different because there's more housewives not necessary mm -hmm. house husbands anymore you know there's few there were few then but um but it was mainly mums who stayed at home and looked after the children because there's no public nursery like we have in nordic countries so putting my children into nursery would have cost me you know a month's salary and then you kind of start thinking actually do i want to go and work for somebody else and then somebody else raises my kids up no way so it was my choice to do that but still, after that six years, when, when they became school age, we started school in Finland when we were seven. So uh, I came back to Finland and decided that this is my time. While they're at school, I can start doing something. And one thing led to another. And I became a leader in the, in the Green Party. And uh, it was good fun. Good mm. fun. We have that same issue here as far as daycare costs are 
it's something that a lot of families have to look into is, is it worth working a full-time job and having all my money go to daycare for someone else to raise my kids mm-hmm. or someone stay home and, and watch the kids. So it's, uh, it's tough. It's a tough situation. There's not, I mean, it's, a, I, I, I'm, I'm actually quite, uh, uh, you know, I can just feel my old politician self rising up, you know, because we just managed to get a, you know, obligatory paternity leave through mm, as a party mm-hmm. in, in, in Finland just last year. I'm not in the politics. I haven't been for seven years, mm-hmm. but I still follow. And we were mm-hmm. in the government. The Green Party was in the coalition government. So one of the things was that uh, there is now a six month slot that is for dads only and it's paid paternity leave and uh six months for mothers and i think there is if i if i don't remember wrong there's a six months pater- uh sorry uh parental leave that can be mm-hmm, done either mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. maybe grandparents or whatever and then you can get extra uh support if you want to stay home until the children uh, until the child is three years old mm-hmm. so so the the society really supports that because it was seen in the 70s that uh it's structural misogyny it's structural if if women have to stay at home to look after mm-hmm. the children because they mm-hmm. have no childcare, so you have the choice whether to stay at home and look after your children or you can put them to uh, nursery and I believe at the moment it's progressive based on your um your salary your mm-hmm. joint salary um I think the maximum you pay per month for a child in full-time nursery is about three hundred dollars Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's subsidized by by the tax money so yeah we do pay a lot of taxes in Finland yeah <laughs> <clears throat> yeah it you know it's it's sad over here what we get for leave and it's a lot of it is company based like it depends on who you work for what you're going to get but for most of us moms it's 12 weeks of leave after having a baby so wow that's it wow, yeah wow, wow. And, uh, I mean and... it's uh I mean I I still would like to say that it's it's worth to be with your child you know it's still such a blessing and yeah. I'm I you know I know so many people who haven't been able to get children mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. they have to put their child into nursery or with a nanny or or pair mm-hmm. when they're just a few months old and mm-hmm. um and it's uh it's a choice and and I you know it's as you said, it's not easy to balance, Mm-mm. you know, what, it, what are your needs and what are your child's needs? But I think if you can kind of, I was very proud of myself, actually, you know, having this idea, oh, I'm, I'm choosing my children for six years now, and I'm going to, you know, give my full attention to them, because that's yeah. so important, those first years, and then it's my time. And the same mm-hmm. now that I've gone traveling full time, it's, yes, now they're adults, they don't even remember to call me you know they're so excited about their uni lives and their boyfriends and girlfriends yeah and, yeah you know having the festival summer coming up and all that so I'm kind of yeah it's fine it's fine you know they're good you know every now mm-hmm. and then if they call me I'm just so happy but yeah. I'm not going to hover over their heads you know they, they right. they're not my identity and my identity mm-hmm. is elsewhere and I'm still a mum that's one of my identities but right. I'm still you know a really yeah it's interesting yeah oh am I I'm a selfishly happy woman (laughs) right yeah so let's get into that so let's talk about if you could give us kind of just 
like a basic rundown of, of what you do or how you came into this? Well, as I said, um, for me, what I realized was that um, when I burned out, there was a lot of healing and there was a lot of um, kind of, it's hard work to heal from a burnout. And then I had a cycling accident. So I had a concussion. Mm. So I had PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder because of the accident. So rather drastic. And, uh, and it was all very hard. And then I started to think, well, what, what am I missing you know, there, there must be something else. You know, this healing bit is just really, really hard. And then I thought, I don't have any pleasure in my life. Mm. And I started to be depressed and mm -hmm. become depressed and all that. And I thought, no, I'm not having that. I'm not going down the medication route. I need energy. I need pleasure. I need happiness. I need peace. I need that calmness. And I, I don't know, most probably it was some social media ad that through some tantric um, course on my way and I took it and it was all about reclaiming your own sexual pleasure as a woman and I thought, wow, this is it. I've never even thought that I could just do self-pleasure practice, for instance, on a regular basis without a man. Mm. and yeah, you can self-pleasure, you know, every now and then, but it, it wasn't kind of, it's a process, it's a practice, it's something that is good for you. And finally understanding that your sexual energy is also your creative energy. It's also mm. your spiritual energy. I think that started to get really interesting to me because I've always felt that I'm, I've, I've always loved meditation. And I, when I was younger, I did yoga and all that. So it was kind of the philosophy of Taoistic Tantra was very similar to yogic philosophy. So I was really quite intrigued. And then 2018, I then enrolled to a coaching program where I became, a, I think I studied like 800 hours to become a tantric sex coach and relationship coach and a love coach. And I've decided to specialize in Tantra because I love the kind of idea of the sexual energy and spiritual energy being the same thing and how you can really have love on tap if you like by just doing embodiment practices like breath work and like mm. um, learning how can you build up that energy so that you don't need to you know take coffee first thing in the morning or you mm -hmm. don't need to uh, you know have alcohol in the evening to relax and and so on so actually learning about my nervous system also about trauma healing was really important mm. and i've now realized that actually tantra which is 5000 years old ancient philosophy is very similar to what the nervous system modern neuroscience teaches so it's all about looking after yourself first and regulating your nervous system with different practices and I think that's that's so beautiful and yeah when I think it was in the 70s or 60s when Tantra came to the states it was very much about sex it was all the mm -hmm. kind of free love period mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, and Tantra became uh, synonymous for kind of fooling around with everybody and uh, mm -hmm. having multiple sex partners and that's not what I'm about it's very much about coming to yourself to your own true essence and how you can become happier, more pleasure-filled, more peaceful person. And when you become like that, when you kind of have had that self-awareness, what your needs and desires are, 
and healing your fears and and all that kind of self-work you then learn uh, different skills and practices to become self-masterful of understanding how you can look after your own well-being and happiness and once you feel you know happy energetic you know being at peace and calm you can then take your voice to the world and that's what I want to teach is that you, you know you can be anything in this world not in a kind of linear way like we're taught that you become a multimillionaire you've got right. you know your own chef and you know your own personal trainer and you know all that so no hell you know I want to be what I want to be and it's different to everybody so then taking your your voice your self-expression to world what is your mission what is your purpose and for me if we talk about sustainable development goals for instance that UN um, set 17 of them that we as a human race need to uh, succeed with by 2030, minus gender equality. And I think it's because I come from a privileged background of being a Finnish woman where we, we have just had an amazing female government. You know, I have, I feel that I'm ob obligated to, to teach other women, you know, what mm. you can be and what you can do. And it's great. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it really fulfills me. I love that you kind of gave us that definition because it is like you hear the word tantra over here and you're like what like yeah. it's going to be something crazy you know and mm. uh it's just I don't know it's not well received I feel like that that terminology but um you have your own podcast where you do <laughs> a lot of explanations about this and I loved I actually listened to that first couple because I was like your first one is what is Tantra? And I love yeah. how you tied it to the nervous system of the body. Like it really is. You said, I think it was like, um, Tantra is technology or like, that's how it translates. And I thought, Oh, that's so interesting. Cause me, I'm a physical therapist by background. So I love like oh, wow. nervous system, you know, like, I like I could talk that all day because that's, you know, oh, wow. fascinating to me. So I was just, I was really kind of blown away when just learning little bits and pieces from you already about it. Oh, thank you for saying that. And I would love to learn more about, you know, what you know as a, as a physical therapist, because it's it's really interesting. And for Tantra, I, I kind of feel that it's something that you can, uh, what I teach also, I've got a, a free ebook if people, if I'm, am I allowed to? You yeah, can I'll link one. it. I will link it below. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Please. It's, a, it's, a, it's a free ebook that I wrote at Christmas time, uh, mm -hmm. somewhere in Normandy in France when it was raining every day. And I thought, oh, goodness sake. And uh, I need something to do that is happy and, and beautiful. So I was sat by the fire every afternoon um, I was on a farm looking after horses, you know, helping some people for three weeks. And in that three week period, I researched my mind, my my heart, my soul, you know, what do I want to do? And then it came, what is pleasure? It's your birthright. So you need to really, you know, when you when you're born, you you are a pleasurable baby. You know, everything is just so you're curious, you're so innocent. Mm -hmm. Everything goes into the mouth and, you know, you know, everything is just like an adventure. And we need to find that with pleasure. And uh, and I'm teaching in that book seven holistic tantric tools, which are intention, presence, focus, energy, breath, movement. And I always forget what the last one is. You know, there's always one that I, it's always a different one that I forget. What's the seventh one? Uh, 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 sound. Mm. So so there's all, also when you when you are having sex, you're making love, or if you're self-pleasuring, 
you can you can use those tools but also i just realized that just just doing very simple things you know just looking after your nervous system if you mm -hmm. if you feel like there is tension somewhere mm -hmm. if you just breathe into that let's say you have a pressure on your heart you know your chest mm -hmm. and you just breathe into that very softly and kind of really hit, listen what what it has to say and then sighing on the exhale and 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 giving a voice for that pressure on your you know that heaviness on your chest you might really learn something that there is something that has happened and your body keeps the score so it never forgets so if it becomes chronic you can start having chest pains you might even have you know breathing difficulties or or you know so so it's very important and i learned with my thyroid problem mm. that was very much me not saying what my needs were mm. and while i started to do that my thyroid has got better so it's it's really interesting how there is that connection with mm -hmm. body mind and soul and i think that's just so fascinating really oh, yeah. excited about that yeah and i think too like coming back to like just moms or even moms with kids that are growing up you know like it's it's kind of getting back to yourself and finding carving out that time to sit and think about what am I feeling like where am I feeling tension you know um, I've been on a therapy journey for over a year now and whenever they say where do you feel that and I'm like ah, like I don't even know like I gotta I have to really like sit and think like where do I feel that emotion like where in my body, do I like hold that? And, and it takes me a while to really think about it because I'm so used to just pushing it away, pushing it down, pushing yeah. it away, not paying attention, just keep moving, keep moving. And so I think just like you said, having some of that, uh, structural, like foundation of like doing some breath work or, you know, the meditation, the different things that you kind of said, putting those into practice, I think really could be life-changing for somebody to really just be able to slow down and, and, and take care of themselves. It, but it, it's also scary. It can be really, really scary. So you kind of uh, need to feel secure mm -hmm. and uh, there needs to be kind of a feeling that it's okay because of that old conditioning from the cave times. You know, it's like, you know, you, you just don't draw attention to yourself. You don't. And, you know, then we had the witch hunts and we mm -hmm. had the, uh, we had the, uh, you don't get married if you're not, you know, quiet and pretty you know, and if you, if you're not married, you're destitute, you know, in the Victorian times, for instance, mm -hmm. in England. So it's, it's really, it's quite toxic in so many ways. And it, it, it requires so much courage to actually mm -hmm. start putting yourself first. And the most important thing is to feel safe, that it's okay, that you are secure and you're safe. It was, it's in, it lives in your body because of your ancestral stuff mm -hmm. as well. But now it's safe. Now it's okay. You know, you're not going to be deserted. You're not going to be killed. You're not going to be mm -hmm. burned on a stake. <laughs> you know, it's just right. that kind of. The first step is always most scary. But once you start doing it, it becomes easier and easier. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, you kind of, well, you know, in terms of trauma healing and in terms of how nervous system works, you know, when we get into fight and flight, um, if that doesn't work, we then have the two more chronic conditions of the four f's which is freeze when you paralyze and you just you're numb you just can't take mm -hmm, action mm -hmm. or you start fawning where you just please everybody all the time and you neglect your own needs and that is a very chronic uh, stress response that often women 
uh, resort to. So they kind of they become hypervigilant because they can't self-regulate back into the normal, you know, social um, uh, secure level of of interaction. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's so fascinating, as we've said before, how these two things link the modern and the ancient. And by doing these practices, it's it is definitely life changing. It changed my life. Mm-hmm. and my client I have co- private coaching clients as well and uh, it has changed so many people's lives and often they might come because they hear you know tantra oh it's all about sex so yes I want to you know work out with my work my um, um, premature ejaculation or I've never mm-hmm. had an orgasm with a man or, or whatever mm-hmm. it is and then they realize that actually it was so much deeper there's so much healing that needs to happen and eventually yes of course you know the the initial uh, issue will be uh, often solved as well because it's we are such a complex system of mm-hmm. of of emotions our limbic system our primitive fears and desires of the reptilian brain or the or the uh, primary uh, primal brain and then obviously the cortex how we get the conditioning and and you know the the thoughts and the thinking the critical mind the mm-hmm. you know the ego part of things so it's uh it's a complex system that we have but if we know the inner technology like tantra for instance you know it it is it becomes much more fun i don't Mm -hmm. think we need to be having so much suffering and pain when we heal you know it's important to understand but we don't need to be re-traumatized we don't need to open up old wounds we don't Mm -hmm. need to go back into the stories because if we work through our bodies you know that's the key your body mm-hmm. doesn't lie. If you can talk from that pain in your chest, you know, or that pressure from your chest, if you can actually express from there, you are you're speaking your truth at mm-hmm. that moment. Mm-hmm. And that can that can open up so much more wisdom and understanding and compassion and self-love that is beyond, you know, I've had therapy as well, but sometimes I feel that there comes a point where therapy can't go further, it can't, mm-hmm. can't go to mm-hmm. the future. And I suppose, you know, my therapist friends say that maybe that's the point when coaching needs to start because mm-hmm. coaching is more mm-hmm. about now and where do you want to go and how can we get you there? So it's that kind of, you know, seesaw point or the kind of turning point. I, think. I would, I agree with you. I've had um, a couple of coaches on before and I, I really feel like that is like a good transition point because there are things that you kind of need to maybe uncover or remember or discover about yourselves to kind of maybe start that trauma healing process. Um, but then, yeah, there comes a point where it's like, okay, we've talked about it enough, <laughs> like now yeah. where to, and I think, yeah, that's where a lot of these life coaches and, and can really like step in and help guide those next steps. I think that would be like yeah. a beautiful like transition. <laughs> yeah, and 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 also I'm I'm for instance I'm not a therapist. I can't call myself a therapist. Mm-hmm. I I have like 17 years of experience holding space on one to one. But it's um it's something that if somebody has an acute trauma for instance, if it's not integrated yet, I don't feel confident of dealing with that and I would always refer to a therapist mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think that's uh, it always has to come from where, where the needs are of mm. the person. But also in Tantra, what I've realized, it's uh, one thing that it's different to yoga, for instance, is that yoga, when you learn yoga, you need to do the asanas, the, the, the movements, the postures for a long time to really master them. Mm. In Tantra, because we're <laughs> talking about consciousness, 
it can happen like that. So the mm. transformation can happen very quickly because it's it's often just about oh it's 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 like a flash in the moment that you realize something what's been holding you back and then if you learn processes that can consolidate that and take take it into a sustainable transformation it then you know uh sustains but uh often people say oh how long does it take i said well you know i could do three months or six months coaching program but actually you know we don't know it might be yeah. that you need just three or sometimes people have come for something and it's just one session. I said, yeah, this is it. But it's really that kind of process, depending on how sustainable it feels and how, mm. you know, if it because then it, it's like peeling onion, you know, there's mm -hmm. one layer and mm -hmm. then there's something else coming up and something else coming up. And I, I kind of invite people for an adventure. You know, it's like, let's get curious what's in mm -hmm. there. And often, for instance, with with sadness, and this is I've I've had so much sadness in my life, and I th I think it comes from feeling so alone most mm -hmm. of my life, and I think that's I, I remember there was one point when I thought that if I now start crying, I will never stop, <laughs> and it's that kind of you know it's like you know you're opening the floodgates, please right. don't make me you know, and I need to keep going because I can't cry, I can't cry yeah. because then you know the world ends, yeah. And I realize it doesn't, it, it doesn't go like that. You know, once you've cried, it's like the most important self um, healing, self love practices there is, mm. you know, because you feel so, so uh, much more energy. And also what I realized was that often underneath the sadness, there can be another emotion, which is often anger. And mm. women are never allowed to express their anger. And if you can do that through breath work or within a safe uh, setting where somebody is holding space and you can really let that anger go, it releases so much energy, so much energy. And, and then what's often underneath that anger, when that's been expressed in a safe way and not hurting mm -hmm. obviously anybody, is, is love and joy. Yeah. And it's, it's so fascinating how there is a hierarchy of emotions as well in our limbic system yeah and and how you can just you know get curious oh I wonder what's underneath this and what's underneath that mm -hmm. because emotions don't kill you you know just no. pure emotion never kills you and you can and turn I, it into an energy yeah I think that's something too that is you know I'm a big I love to like research little things. And so my girls are little right now. I've got a two-year-old and a five-year-old and oh. a lot of the research out there right now is talking about how, um, you know, we were kind of raised to ignore our emotions or that our emotions were bad if we had any type of emotion. And so in raising my girls, it's, I'm trying to relearn a lot of, um, it's okay to be sad. You know, it's okay yeah. to be sad. It's okay to be angry. And, and, and I'm trying to use this language with them so that they know that they're safe, they can have an emotion and that it's okay. And, uh, but like in the process of this, it's like kind of teaching me, like, I'm so used to just going forward, you know, moving forward. And so it's like learning that, like, these emotions are okay to have, like, it's okay. If I get upset about something, it's okay. You know, like that's all right. And it's okay to feel those emotions. So it's a lot of work in progress. And I don't know if I would have really had some of these realizations until I had kids. 
Thank you for sharing that. That's a beautiful, beautiful story because, and, and that actually reminds me of my niece. She came uh, to my parents for midsummer celebrations with her uh, little one. She's only two, but this girl is clearly like your daughters. You know, she she basically was saying the other day. She was saying, "Oh," and then I felt really frustrated and mm -hmm. angry, and I was kind of, "What?" You know, this two-year-old has such an awareness yeah. that can actually name emotions. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a high skill. I mean, mm -hmm. go out there and ask any, you know, my aged man and they're kind of emotions. No. Right, right. <laughs> I don't feel emotions and I, I can't <laughs> name them. So, you know, a, a child to be able to name them. Mm -hmm. And then what my, uh, we had a discussion in another circle um with other people and they were saying that yes there is this way of saying that when you did so and so you know for instance something upsetting you know somebody's been not terribly um, mindful of the other person when you did so and so it made me feel such and such mm -hmm. whether it's sad or angry or frustrated or not seen or not heard or whatever you know and I need you to do x y and z so I thought that mm. is brilliant because yeah. it's kind of naming what happened. I love that. But it's not kind of uh, being critical of the other person. Mm -hmm. It's not saying, mm -hmm. oh, you did this and how mm -hmm. dare you? You know, it was like, when you did that, it made me feel this. And now I need you to mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of the need is something that people can't bypass. If you have a need and they say, oh, you don't, you know, you know, you know I'm not going to do that it's actually quite toxic. So mm. it's really then coming from that person's problem, not yours. If you need them to apologize, if you need them to do something for you, you know, you broke this, I need you to buy a new one or whatever it is, or you hurt my feelings. And mm -hmm. this is what I would like you to do next time. Mm -hmm. If you, if you feel like that, I want you to tell me so I can, I can, or whatever. So it's just very healthy way mm -hmm. of communicating, mm -hmm. isn't it? You know, and, and having that, awareness it seems so like easy like you say it and it's like yeah we should all be doing that but like how hard is it for some people to voice their needs that's hard for some people to actually like ask for what they need yeah and I I've been there I remember when I was in mm -hmm. my early 20s and um <clears throat> one of my I was I was studying uh my modality then um, and my teacher was saying, what is it actually that you need, Anne? Because I was having mm. some really personal process and, and I was just feeling really anxious and, and, and even kind of depressed mm -hmm. because part of it was we needed to do lots of work on ourselves as well. So we had this chat and he was saying, what is it that you need, Anne? And I was kind of, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And I was so shocked. That I felt bad my whole mm -hmm. body was like a knot mm -hmm. and I was just feeling really bad I didn't know why and I didn't know what I needed and it was just like kind of whoa I don't even know what I need was mm -hmm. it a hug was it to cry was it to do uh I don't know punch a pillow or you know? <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and it was like no I don't, I don't know what I need and I couldn't even say what I needed I was so locked locked up in my naughtiness you know in that kind mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. knot and I'm 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 
I'm now over 50 and I have that still. There are times when I still go into that 20-year-old me mm-hmm. and I said, I don't know what I need. So I'm kind of being mindful all the time mm-hmm. that, you know, what is it that I need? So I'm kind of even when I'm on my own, do I need to eat now? Do I need to drink a glass of water? Do I need to have some fresh air? Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of tuning into my body on a, on a, you know, many times a day. What does my body need now? Because I trust my body. I don't trust my mind. It's a bit of a monkey mind. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I know we have like barely scratched the surface of what you offer. <laughs> but is there anything that like, I don't know, maybe like what can someone expect from like the first time working with you? Or is there any type of like small exercise you give somebody that you wouldn't mind sharing with my audience? Well, thank you for asking that. Um, I was just thinking today because I needed to have some kind of a, I've been quite ill for the last few mm. weeks. I've had a lot of colds and I don't know, summer flu. And I thought I need something that really helps me to do, to, to start the morning in a nice mm. way, again, mm. without going into that coffee you know pot you know pot of big pot of coffee so um uh, one of the things I often do is breath work so Mm -hmm. I would I would do that but I thought "Mm, I'm getting a bit bored with that I'll do something else so one of the things I realized with nervous system is that if I want to really kickstart my sympathetic nervous system which is the kind of a fight flight where you take action and start doing things and you need that in the morning every day we go like ebb and flow between mm. parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system. And I thought, okay, so so today I needed something, some energy, and I needed some oomph because I knew I was coming here and I had some other things to do. And I said, I want to be in a good energy. And, and you know, I started stretching, you know, really, really going. Before I even opened my eyes, I started stretching and really enjoying the, the movement of my body. And then for three minutes, I started laughing. Mm. And I just laughed and laughed and laughed. And I, I'm, luckily, my parents' house is a log house, so it's a massive, you know, wall, so nobody can hear me. But uh, I didn't care. And I got up, and everybody's going, mm. "Gosh, you're radiant! What's happened? You know, are you well now? What, you know, what's happening?" And I told them, and it was just really, really cool. And then I thought, another day, I might not feel that I need that much energy because laughter can actually raise your blood pressure. So you need to be mm. quite mindful. It, it in tantric understanding laughter is a medicine so if you do it too much it brings you too much energy too much Mm. chi chi energy which is a life force energy so then I thought okay so what could be the opposite of that if I wanted to you know wake up calmly and I thought I know that's a deep inner smile therapy Mm. so same way after I've stretched my body I would just before even opening my eyes I would just tune into my body and if there's any kind of you know, creakiness or any kind of, you know, not so, you know, happy place in my body, I would just send an inner smile to it Mm. and have that Mona Lisa smile, very kind of mindful, really targeted and kind of, oh, you know, my solar plexus feels a bit, you know, heavy today. So I'll just send some inner smile, smiles there. And, and I think, I believe that that might then bring more kind of dopamine and oxytocin and that kind of happy hormones mm. rather than that kind of adrenaline and, you know, uh, cortisol that the uh, laughter might bring The laughter, you. right, yeah. 
yeah so I thought that was that was quite cool so so that could be something that people could try and it would be lovely to hear if they if yeah. they try how it goes oh yeah where can people find you um yeah so my website is selfishlyhappyyou.com and my email is anneblunt at selfishlyhappyyou.com I am trying to uh, get away from Instagram, but mm. I'm there as well, self selfishly happy with Anne Blunt, because Instagram is actually uh, closing down sex positive and um, anything that is to with education, inspiration, and healing of sexual lives is closing. They're closing them down, and it's uh, it's it's something I can't really accept. So yeah. I don't know where else I could be found. You know, people can download my my ebook pleasure is your birthright seven holistic sex tools and that way they can get my newsletter yeah okay i'll link everything below so people can find you thank um, you so much and yeah newsletter that'd be great and you have a podcast oh yes uh, yeah of course i have a podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did actually the, the last one was uh, about tantric kissing so if anybody's interested in how to kiss and why some people don't like kissing and it's very understandable uh it's hopefully good fun uh episode only 20 minutes it's my 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 podcast is called tantric sex for lovers and others and it is very explicit so i've been quite <laughs> quite um in a polite society here so <laughs> yeah <laughs> polite company here so i haven't been too explicit but um being a finn and having uh raised up i've <laughs> been raised up in liberal finland with sauna culture you know I'm quite happy to talk about explicit stuff as well. Yeah, I love that. I will link it all below so people can find you. I think, honestly, we need more of it. I think, I think, especially <laughs> as women, you need we need to be able to love ourselves and put ourselves first. So Definitely. I really appreciate you being on today and being honest and open about everything. Thank you so much for having me. Really enjoyed this. Yeah. And congratulations for for everything you do. It sounds amazing, and your Thank beautiful you. daughters. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Thank Such you. Such an so amazing mum you are. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for joining today. Um, I really enjoyed that conversation with Anna Blonde. It was, um, I don't know, just a really good time. So, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, next week on the podcast, I have Kristen Morrison, who is also a life coach, but more specifically a business life coach. Um, she really helps business owners and there's a lot that can be applied to our lives as a mama or a member of a family. Uh, it's very, they run parallel to running a business. I'm telling you. So there's a lot of insights that we can glean from her next week. So stay tuned, make sure you follow the show, subscribe on YouTube and be well. <laughs>